Hi, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the SCSM Talk for May 2022. This podcast is a collaboration between SCSM and Next. I'm your host today. My name is Mariangela Pellegrini. I'm a, I'm a Next committee member, postdoctoral researcher at the Eden Werner Laboratory, Uppsala University, and intensive care doctor at Uppsala University Hospital, Sweden. Today, we will discuss an interesting and very relevant paper recently published on intensive care medicine. It's called The Rule of Acute Hypercapnia for Mortality and Short-Term Physiology in Patient Mechanically Ventilated for RDS, a systematic review and meta-analysis. It's my pleasure to welcome here and introduce the last author of this paper, Professor Armand Meconso de Sapp. Pro professor Meconsodessap is professor in intensive care at the Paris East Critier University and chief of the medical intensive care unit of the Henry Monroe University Hospital, Winter Hospital, Ferris Hospital, France. He's the director of the CARMAS, Cardiovascular and Respiratory Manifestation of Acute Lung Injury and Sepsis uh, Research Group which focuses on acute respiratory and circulatory failure. Welcome, Professor Mekonso Dessa, and thank you for being here with us today. The pleasure is mine. Thank you very much. We are very happy to have you. Well, let's start introducing your paper on acute hypercapnia in RDS patients. Could you please introduce the background and the aim of your study why is acute hypercapnia so important in RDS patients and what evidences do we have? Thank you. We aimed at summarizing the clinical consequences of uh, acute hypercapnia in mechanically ventilated patients. This question is important since protective ventilation with lower tidal volumes is recommended to prevent ventilator-induced lung injury as it improves survival of patients with RDS. But we also know that this strategy may elevate carbon dioxide levels. In addition, some authors even suggested a specific beneficial role for hypercapnia in the experimental setting. On the other hand, some recent evidence suggests that acute hypercapnia could have harmful physiological and clinical effects in patients with ARDS, particularly impacting the hemodynamic system. Well, great. But would you uh, explain us what are the effects of acute hypercapnia in RDS patients? These effects are multiple on various organs, but they mainly concern circulation, like cerebral or systemic vasodilation, or at the pulmonary level, increased pulmonary vascular resistances with enhanced hypoxic vasoconstriction. Oh, great. It's very, very interesting and relevant. It's very clear that permissive hypercapnia is still controversial and more evidence are needed. So we, we're, it's very important to hear about your study. Before asking you about your findings, could you, um, uh, I would like to highlight one methodological aspect. In your study, you differentiate between permissive hypercapnia and imposed hypercapnia. I think this is very central. Could you please explain the difference? Yes, of course. 
We use the term permissive hypercapnia to define hypercapnia in studies where the group with hypercapnia was ventilated with a protective ventilation strategy, meaning a lower tidal volume targeting 6 ml per kilo predicate body weight, while the group without hypercapnia was managed with a non-protective strategy. So here, permissive means that this is a specific respiratory strategy chosen and applied by the physician. Conversely, we use the term imposed hypercapnia under protective ventilation to define hypercapnia in studies where hypercapnic and non-hypercapnic patients were both managed with a protective ventilation strategy. Here, imposed hypercapnia is likely a reflect of lung injury severity and heterogeneity. Okay, thank you. And what are your primary and secondary endpoints? The primary objective was to determine the association between acute hypercapnia and mortality in adult patients mechanically ventilated for ARDS. The secondary objective was to identify association between acute hypercapnia and hemodynamics, including systemic and pulmonary circulation. Okay. So let's look at the results. You include 29 studies and 10,101 patients in your systematic review. The selected studies have been published between 1999, uh, 1919 and 2021. Could you please summarize your main findings? Yes, our main finding is that the clinical effects of hypercapnia are conflicting depending on the mechanism of hypercapnia. In fact, permissive hypercapnia was associated with improved survival, suggesting a major role of the protective ventilation strategy on this outcome. On the contrary, imposed hypercapnia under protective ventilation worsened mortality, indicating imposed hypercapnia as a marker of ARDS severity. We also found that permissive hypercapnia was associated with favorable hemodynamic effects, like increased cardiac index, while imposed hypercapnia worsened lung vascular function. Oh, very interesting. I have some more questions about your results. The first one is uh, about the definition of a threshold of acute hypercapnia. This varied quite a lot uh, among the included study with a PCO2 ranging from 38 to 55 millimeter mercury, why we don't have a clear threshold to define hypercapnia? And what's, what is your opinion about that? Yes, this is one of the study's limitation, but uh, you could note that the majority of authors used a threshold between 45 and 50, which is closed to the clinical scenario. It is not easy to suggest a definitive threshold for clinical practice, but I would probably suggest 48 millimeters of mercury, which is the threshold found to be associated with an increased risk of core pulmonal in the largest study on this topic. Okay. One more question is about uh, the, um, well, you, you include studies starting from 1919, Clinical practice and RDS management has changed a lot since then. Can you describe this aspect? Did the protective ventilation concept modify our tolerance threshold for acute hypercapnia? 
Yes, the protective ventilation concept, which is associated, which it's associated permissive hyperkalemia, profoundly changed uh, the clinical approach toward PCO2 targets uh, in the RDS management. The inclusion of studies from several decades in our meta-analysis allowed us to capture this change in clinical practice and ventilation management in order to scrutinize the respective roles of permissive and input hyperkalemia. Okay. I have one more question about your results. Acute hypercapnia does not necessarily imply acute acidosis. What do you think is more important for our RDS patients, the acute hypercapnia per se or the consequent respiratory acidosis? And what about the possibility of a metabolic compensation of the acidosis to correct our patient, our patient pH? What the, what's your opinion about this? It is still unclear whether the pH or the PCO2 per se mediates the potential deleterious effects of respiratory acidosis. Some animal studies suggest that PCO2 directly modulates the pulmonary vascular tone. However, other reports suggest a role for metabolic acidosis in increasing pulmonary artery pressure, especially in case of associated hypoxia. Concerning the metabolic compensation, as you know, acidemia related to hypercapnia is not corrected by bicarbonate infusion due to the generation of additional CO2 via carbonic acid. Studies testing the infusion of trometamine TAM, which is a buffer that does not create additional CO2, found no significant effect of pH correction on pulmonary vascular resistances. Okay, thank you. One more important question for our listeners. Based on, on your results, which recommendation would you give to our colleagues in the intensive care units around the world? What is the safe balance between avoiding the side effects of acute hypercapnia and a protective and ensure and protective ventilation? Well, uh, a simple message is that in a patient ventilated with higher tidal volumes, PCO2 should not be a break to reduce tidal volumes targeting 6 ml per kilo. The long protective approach and its associated permissive hypercapnia will be beneficial here. However, in patients already under protective ventilation, imposed hypercapnia reflects the severity of lung injury and has deleterious effects, especially on lung vascular function. In this situation, hypercapnia cannot be a goal by itself. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Professor Metonsmodessap, for being today with us and uh, for sharing with you such an important uh, uh, scientific contribution and for this interesting talk. It has been an honor to uh, be with you today here, and uh, I would like to thank you, our listeners, and welcome back uh, to the next uh, ACCM talk. So thank you, and see you. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm.